Okay, man, let's do this. So, um, Naz is a stuntman in Universal Studios um, in the show Waterworld, and we have quite a few things in common, right? Um, we started off in Salto Click, it was called. <laughs> in <laughs> Memories, man. <laughs> Memories, yeah. So, um, back in Prime Gym, and actually just because I had Sean on, um, we were all kind of a group together, right? Um, doing tricking and breaking and flips and parkour and whatnot but anyway um then you went on to do um tv shows so i bumped into you in tanglin mm -hmm. uh, right we did a tv show together as well and um i keep just bumping into nas in random places <laughs> <laughs> so dude that was like 10 years apart between salto click and tanglin that was yeah it was uh it was about 10 years apart uh, it, it was quite a long time so after keep bumping after keeping bumping into nazri ing i was like hey you know what since we just keep bumping to each other we might as well be friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah after so, 10 years yeah, might as well be friends after 10 years so that that will basically um that's how i met my very good buddy nazri and um yes yeah, so i thought it'd be cool to have you on and just chat with you about life in general, man. And um, I guess we can start off by how you even went from tricking in the gym to like Tanglin and somehow in the middle end up in Universal Studios' um, Waterworld stunt team. So I believe the Waterworld stunt team is called Action Horizon. That's right. That's, that's the company. Okay. Yeah. And how, how did they scout you or how did you find them? Okay. Well, well I mean, if I'm going to start at the beginning, then... It started from Tanglin when we were working together okay. on Tanglin. Um, do you remember Spencer? I do. Yeah. Spencer was already at Waterworld. He was a sage on water, at Waterworld. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's so right. Yeah. we got to talking and I was telling him about my background in martial arts, um, swimming and mm -hmm. different kinds of sports. Wait, you swim? I mean, I, I learned to swim and I was okay. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know that part of you. I know the martial arts part of you. I know the photography part of you. Oh, but I didn't know you used to... Oh, no, wait, you did. Because when we went to the beach, you talked about how your parents used to always bring you to the beach. Um, yeah, to the beach. And they also forced me to swim for a very long time. Okay. I, I was forced to swim for, I think, a good seven years of my childhood. Like competitively or... Not necessarily competitively, but they wanted me to get like the gold star certification. Ah, uh, the life-saving thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so you two know how to take your pants off and make a float out of it. Yeah, <laughs> which is actually quite underrated. I mean, as a kid, you would think that's stupid, right? But now as an adult, when you think about it, that's actually pretty damn useful. That's right, because they'll make you wear pajamas and hop pajamas in the pool and swim, right? And tie and knots on your sleeves and, that's and, right. and blow air. Yeah, and then you have to uh, put your neck on it, and then you have to also learn how to rescue someone, swim rescue backwards. Someone. Bro, that's the, the gold, yep. gold life-saving award. Like, yep. Bro, I had that too. Nice. Torture, <laughs> man. But anyway. So. I, 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 I started to hate it toward the end when, when the certification just required you to swim longer and longer for less and less time and it just got so monotonous and repetitive for me so right. I was like okay I've had enough of this and I think about about the same time I also found martial arts yeah around there so I transitioned over right so so Spencer knew that you did all these sports and then he Spencer said him, yeah. why don't you why don't I hand your CV to my <laughs> <laughs> to Action Horizon um so uh, Action Horizons actually holds um pretty regular stunt workshops okay okay so it's it's a workshop which is um by invitation only um, you come in, they hold a workshop, and they, they teach you some basic things about how stunt, uh, stunt action works. Mm -hmm. You know, movements, um, choreography, acting, mm -hmm. things like that. 
and they do they also do use that as a place to look for new talent oh yeah. that's smart and and where was this in well prime no more prime gym. at prime oh at prime gym when, when when i went it was held at prime oh okay so it, it came full circle for me like mm -hmm. <laughs> because we were working together um on tangland right that's and, right and we we met at prime we did and spencer sent me back to prime okay to to go for a stunt workshop okay. held by action horizons okay wow and so it's uh, action horizons with an s Yes, it's plural. Oh, Action Horizons. Yeah. Okay, and are they like? I always had this impression that they were an Aussie company. Am I um, right? No, they do have an Aussie presence. They okay. they are actually internationally present. Um, mm -hmm. with their base in the U.S. Are, are they are they the same guys that do Universal, um, Florida and Japan? Yep. Oh, they do all the water worlds. Yes. Ah, oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, and, and one of the owners is is Aussie. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's right. Right. So he he got you in and. Um, I guess the stunt guys. Wait, so so the guys teaching these. I, I mean, they're not giving free lessons. They're kind of training themselves as well, right? It's kind of like rehearsal for them, or not really, because because the the stunt workshop truly is just um, an entry level workshop. It's not something. Right. It's not something where we teach high level things, um, right. like high level flips, fire burns, and things like that. Because we don't. Okay. Firstly, it's it's expensive. Okay. Okay, and. They teach you how to react to a punch. Things yeah. like how to fall correctly. How, how to, to fall, break fall, do your right. basic rolls. Um, mm -hmm. How to throw a punch safely. Okay. We, um, keep your distance. Mm -hmm. um, how to, a bit of acting, and okay. things like that. Which, on on themselves, are actually pretty useful, pretty pretty mm -hmm. um, practical skills, especially for actors. Right, right. And and we do get quite a few actors, a few graduate um, students from acting school. Lasalle. Yeah, from myself. Oh, for real? Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. from myself, oh, cool. from NAFA and stuff like that. Okay, so then how through that, they they scout you and they go, okay, Nas knows how to throw a punch. He knows how to pretend like he got punched in the face. Yeah, and exactly. Then, so and they got then, me back a couple more times. Okay. And they just so happened to be looking for just one more cast member. Okay. And Oh, wow. One, only one only space. One. Ah, look at you. There lucky, lucky. Yeah, so I was oh, very, very, boy. very fortunate because the timing came together perfectly because... I mean, imagine they, the, the chances that they would have a slot open in the first place is actually pretty small because, as you can imagine, being a stuntman is an awesome job. Yes. Not oh, many, I would imagine. Yeah, not yeah. too many people leave. Yeah. And so one person left and they had an opening and just nice um, Spencer got me to come in for a stunt workshop. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, just because I made it doesn't mean they would like me right. necessarily for the job so of course they would because because you're charming <laughs> and you're a nice guy i'll, um, bu I'll buy you a drink later yeah. okay thanks bro <laughs> yeah it sounds good um yeah man and and because well okay let, let, let's talk about Waterworld, right so i yeah. have a lot of questions of course <laughs> from Waterworld, uh coming from the other side of the world um and why i say that because um when i was working at universal studios i was in a place called new york street mm -hmm. where i was breakdancing in the corner for loose change no it wasn't <laughs> no, no no it was a performance called the rockefeller show and i was there for about two and a half years um and um if if i were to rate the shows in mm -hmm. universal studios i would say number one Rockefellers. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I would say number two. Mm -hmm. No, I would say tied for number one, Waterworld. Okay. I'll put it this way. I think it's undeniable that Waterworld is the best or one of the best shows in the park. It should be. <laughs> for the amount of effort and money you guys spend, it exactly. better be. Exactly. Yeah. It and should you, and, be. And you guys have like, what, two shows a day, three shows a day? Um, On the off-peak, we have about two to three shows a day. 
Okay. And um, once we hit the, the peak, peak periods, we go four or five shows, sometimes six if we have like buyouts and stuff. Okay. And so like, I mean, when it comes to being a Rockefeller, right? So we had like five, uh, five V-Boys on set every time mm-hmm. and we would have a track, right? Mm-hmm. Track one, track two, track three, then yep. you'd have swings. Mm-hmm. And so does that work with you guys as well? Um, Not necessarily. No, we, do, we don't have set teams in that sense we, we just okay. have our cast and we are scheduled and rostered um as the department sees fit like okay. we don't we don't have a set teammate or partner right in that how sense. how is the um okay uh, might be a bit of an edgy question but yeah you know because the, these days they have these like um uh, what's it called like race race neutral casting and all this but mm-hmm. I think we all kind of know through the years mm-hmm. um, the Helen the lady yes. see I watched the show yep. um, Helen <laughs> is always a, well is generally a a white girl with usually blonde I'm not, if I'm not wrong I mean brunette, they, they some do brunettes. get brunettes and even redheads I think redheads oh I okay think, I mean not, I've not seen a redhead locally but but it's a white girl yeah definitely. it's a white girl For and sure. then, and the, the mariner is always a white guy yeah right yeah. and so i i wonder like how how open are they these days like do you get like i mean can can you become mariner the mariner um as it stands right now if I you really want to so. push it bro, me could, could you be helen for me i mean for, it wouldn't make sense for me because i'm pretty short okay and it just doesn't look good right right you know and you, i mean it's not just about the race you also have to remember that it's marketing as well it is because yeah, they want to make it look like the film right? exactly so right i as much as people want to talk about how, oh, it's not necessarily race neutral or there's a bias towards it, but, well, the content was originally a white hero and yeah. white um, damsel, so yeah, that's true. it's fair enough. No, that's true. I mean, like, yeah. I guess if you were to watch... Well, actually, I... This is a tricky one for me because, I mean, even in casting, right, I've always been like, hey, even as an Asian person, if I can play this particular role, why can't I be there, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But then... Yeah. But then, right, um, I don't know, man. It's a tricky one. It's a very, very touchy topic right now. Like, um, I, in- I think, I mean, the more touchy it is, the more we should talk about it. That's and true. I, I don't see anything wrong with saying that it, was, it serves its marketing purpose. Yeah. To, to have people of the same race previously mm. playing the same thing. It's like, for example, if they were to have a... I mean, I, I think right now it's pretty controversial in Hollywood, but let's say we did like a like the, um, a show about Shanghai Noon or something, mm-hmm. something uh, let's say uh, Rush Hour, for example, mm-hmm. and they did the Rush Hour show in, um, hey, it sounds like we're in Family Mart yeah, <laughs> in Japan. Um, but um, yeah, let's say you do the Rush Hour show and you do it in uh, Universal Studios Singapore, you expect to see Rush Hour, you expect to see an Asian guy and a black guy. Exactly. And if you see two white guys or two Latino guys inside, yep. you're kind of like... Exactly. Wait a minute. The movie like a bit different than like that. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. So. So and and the thing is, can it work? Of course. If 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 you really get the right cast, you mm-hmm. get the right writing. Can it work? Sure. Yeah. But is that what people are expecting? Not necessarily. That's true. That's true. Like yeah. I mean, if you're if if I was gonna be an imp- an an impersonator of Louis C.K. for example, as a white comedian, yeah. probably won't be the best idea because I won't be the best impersonator. It doesn't mean that you cannot do yeah, a exactly. particular task. You're incapable of doing the task. You can do the task, but for for this, right? Anyway, okay. So off the more political topics. So a bit of juicy 
um, sec- not even juicy secrets, a bit of <laughs> trivia, right? So sure. I, when I know little bits of things about Waterworld, I'm like, oh yes, I know some <laughs> secrets of Waterworld. Um, I can I can even tell you Rockefeller secrets, but that's if you sure. even watch the show, which I believe you never even I watched. Have oh, you have seen okay. it. I've literally after a show went and, and, and seen it. Okay, okay. Now well, then, I'm impressed now. <laughs> now because pe- people would ask like when they watch the Rockefeller show, they ask questions like, how do you know what the audience is gonna do? How does the whole crew sync up like that? How do they know this joke? And and all that but um yeah, yeah that, that's a trick on its own but um yeah with Waterworld, so a, a little some juicy things that i know the juicy is such a cliche word some interesting facts about Waterworld, mm-hmm. like the so if you guys were to watch the show when the show begins there are three um rara people there are three people that come up to front men yeah. okay that's a way better word than rara yeah. people yeah three <laughs> three front men come up to um basically rev up the crowd right yep and if I'm not wrong, the guy who, if if I'm watching it from my perspective, so not stage left or right, but from audience right, I believe that guy is the fire diver. That's right. At the end. Yep. Right? Is that like an open secret? Like people... What do you mean? Like, like is, do, do, do people know about this? Or is that like a... I mean, keen fans would know. Right, right. They, they would recognize it. Um, right. But the casual audience member has no Probably idea. Probably wouldn't. And, okay, this is might be a weird question, but does this guy then, after revving up the crowd, then take a chill, go for a smoke, watch a Netflix show, and then come on, like, 15 minutes? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, I mean, there's a little bit more to that, because he he revs up the crowd, uh-huh. and there, there's a, the sequence that, where the deacon comes in. Okay. Right, remember? The deacon the, is a bad guy. The bad guy comes yes, in. Yes, yes. He comes in, rides his boat around... The peninsula does his um, shooting of everyone taking over the peninsula. Right. And the fire diver is one of those who dies. And he does take a dive. Right, right. So he does a kind of a shorter dive. Right, right. The drilling, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's okay. Just keep it on. Okay. It's fine. So he does, a, he does do a, take a fall and he does take a dive. Mm-hmm. And after that, he does have to prepare for the fire dive. Oh, wait. So after the... Oh, so after um, working the crowd, after crowd work, he has another dive and then the fire dive. Yeah. Huh. What What's his second dive? Where does he do his second... Wait, oh, sorry. Where does he do his first dive? The first dive is when he gets killed by the deacon. Oh, so he's one of those guys, like one of those guard people. Yeah. Ah. He's one of the eight-holders. All, oh, I all three, see. All three of the front men are eight-holders. Oh, I see. I see. And Okay, and then you are the guy in the... On the left. I've been the middle guy and I've been the guy on the left. Ah, I'm then, both of them, actually. So those are your two roles in the show? Yeah, I'm the sage and the repeller. The sage? No, I have three roles. I'm have sage, roles. repeller, and, and Helen. Lackey. Oh, and Lackey. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm too pretty for it, Helen. Okay. <laughs> right, okay. And and so I guess people that watch um, this Waterworld, um, Waterworld performance, I think many people go away with the same question, which is once they go into the water... <laughs> What happens to them, right? They dive in and then they just disappear. Yeah, I mean, we just look for a new cast. That's why they have stunt workshops all the time. I That's mean, right. Clearly, they, right? Yeah, then they just write them off and you know, don't need to pay this guy this month. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so what actually happens once they, they dive under? Once they dive under, they all have their own designated swim outs. So okay. they dive and it goes pretty deep depending on how, you know, like how high the dive is. five meters kind of deep? Or? Um, I mean, the water? Yeah. Um, in some parts, the water is as deep as seven to eight meters, and in some parts, it's about five meters. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So okay. that's a lot of room to dive. Right. But 
having said that because you're not just diving doing nothing means that you're not just prepping for a dive you're mm-hmm. also in character acting doing some stuff before you take that dive so you're right but normally by the time you hit the water you're really out of breath so you uh. so you do have to have a good breath you have to swim you have to take that dive find the direction of the swim out okay get to the swim out and then get out right gosh the drilling that's fine so so after you go <laughs> Actually, you guys don't know this, but the Waterworld show is happening behind us as we <laughs> as we speak, and that's just one machine of the scenes. guns in the background. That's right. Just so, wait, just wait for the shotgun. <laughs> so after after you dive down, you kind of there's a, I guess it's a, it's like a hidden pocket, yep. right? Where you swim, but they don't like prepare extra oxygen. It's not that fancy. You just come out, and then you just come out, and you just breathe air. <laughs> breathe, Good old air. Breathe regular Classic. air. Right and air light. <laughs> And and when when you're a stuntman, like what is what is the you know most I don't know challenging part, or what are the bits that you're like, hey, this is what I need to watch out for or be careful about during the show. Ooh, the most challenging part. Yeah, I would say the most challenging part of any stunt or action um, endeavor will always be safety. Safety, uh-huh. because it's very easy to overlook. Yeah, because, I mean, if it's anything like doing the Rockefeller show, we don't usually get injured doing flips. We get injured walking from point A to point B. It's all the simple moves that you take for granted. My point exactly. You have no idea how many people have gotten injured just from climbing ladders, sliding down the slide pole. Yeah. Simple stuff. Yeah, that you take for granted, right? Yeah, taking a run and then slipping because the floor is wet. Yeah. And slipping and falling. Yeah, those actually take (laughs) quite a bit. And that's on top of your own equipment stuff like the rappels um the fire burns are, are you in charge of checking your own equipment of course everybody checks their own equipment right everybody yeah well, one thing one thing that i found another like nugget about um waterworld that i thought was quite interesting is that uh if i'm not wrong the people in the control tower that set off the fire there's something like three or four guys who sit with like a button or something and they all need to activate it at the same time for the fireworks to go off i'm not sure if they have to make it exactly the same time but i do know that some of them do have safeties in place so that if if one doesn't um trigger it's not it's just not going to go off right because you don't want to just get a domino effect and then exactly okay so like for example there there's a trigger where if the helen doesn't push a certain button Uh the plane doesn't go because she needs to be clear she needs to be clear ah if she's not out of this the danger zone yeah, and pushing that button signifies that she's out of the danger zone, mm-hmm. and she doesn't push that button, plane doesn't go. Right, I I have to say the the plane is one of the most impressive like kind of staccatos of the of the performance, right? It is. But I have, mind you, okay, maybe maybe because I've seen the Waterworld show too many times, I've I've ever seen the plane not come out. Yes, and that does happen, right? It and does I've happen. ever seen, uh, well, I think I I saw jet ski come out with no um water skier behind. It happens. It happens, <laughs> dude. So there's anything can happen. So you just keep going. Um, I mean, we we all have. You don't look at the plane and go, "Wow, well, we look, look at the yeah. look at the." <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Being good at this show means doesn't mean that you go good when everything going is going right. Mm, You're okay. good when you know what to do when everything goes wrong. Fair point. You get what I'm fair saying. Point, that's, fair that's, point. I mean, I think that's the same with being a professional in any industry. Mm-hmm. So for us, we do know. We do have to prepare for um, certain things to happen or not happen mm-hmm. and how to react to those. Right. And you have to be quick. And sometimes 
things happen which are just not in the book at all and yeah. you just have to wing it and everyone in your team is winging it and you know it and <laughs> you can you can get a feel of what everyone is trying to do right and then we work to, to, to work together towards it. It, right. it grinds sometimes, yeah. but you'll get there. It's like a theater performance. It the, is. The show must go it on. It is right? a theater performance. I've, yeah. I've actually heard of this, um, this lady who, so she's supposed to do some like kind of monologue while she's like cutting up something. Uh-huh. Um, but the props department forgot to put it into the fridge. <laughs> so, but, but the fridge, cause the fridge is a real fridge. She actually left her lunch there. So she goes into there and she picks Got up and she, lunch. yeah, she has to talk about like zucchini or cucumber or whatever it is, but she's there like chopping up some like completely different, <laughs> different thing, thing while, while, um, yeah. still having that conversation. Um, so, okay, here's the million dollar question about Waterworld. Okay. Very intense. You ready for this? <laughs> Am I going to get a million dollars? You might. Um, have you actually watched the film? Yes, I have. Oh, you have? Okay. Multiple times. Because no one else has. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> that from, is not true. Yeah, that is not true. That is not the, true. The film, okay, if I'm not wrong, a bit of Waterworld trivia was that when the film first came out, it was a flop, right? Well, it didn't do that well. and then No, be- it was a flop in the sense that it cost a lot of money. It, it, but, it, it, but in terms of being watched, actually lots of people watched it. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I heard it was a flop. Yeah. Um, well, but I know that after the, the Waterworld show became popular, mm-hmm. uh, people then went to rewatch the thing mm-hmm. and that actually caused the movie to re-spike in later years. It's possible. I mean, it is yeah. a cult classic because I, I believe it's probably the last um, show, last movie where they actually shot everything for real out in the water. Huh, is that right? Look, yeah. I'm looking at it now. The budget is a hundred and... Uh, 172 so 175 million dollars yep. and box office is 264 million and i believe that is till this day yep. um, for a movie to do successfully the fact that i've been to film school it needs to do about four times of the budget mm. right mm-hmm. so for them to cover it, it still might take some time it will. Um, yeah but yeah it's actually a kevin costner movie yep right i, I did watch it in fact i watched it on vhs oh did you yeah yeah when i was alive i had I, it. I think i had it in ld like my parents had LD. the laser disc yeah. and the projector and stuff like 19, that. 1995. Yeah, 100 over a million dollars in 1990 dollars. In, yeah, it, ni- 1995 yeah. and it's 175 million, which yep. would have been a lot back then. Um, cool, man. And now with COVID, um, mm-hmm. you guys are obviously not doing the show because the park, is the park open now? No, not right now. Not because, after phase two. Yeah, I mean, not even before phase two because our arena is pretty huge. Okay. It, it houses over 3,000 people. Okay. And there's no way you're going to gather 3,000 people in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. um, in a, in a, <laughs> sitting next to each other. Right. Um, and especially not in an atmosphere where they can get wet and where they're screaming at each other. Yeah. Uh, it's just not going to happen. So, yeah. so, but right now you're still part of USS, as in you're still on the payroll. Yep. Okay. But you recently started, so this is interesting. Uh, not only are you a stuntman, you also prepare breakfast for um, <laughs> secondary school kids. Not just breakfast. Uh, lunch. Uh, lunch as well. Breakfast and lunch. Recess okay. together with my wife. Okay. And that, yeah. that's very in, nice. In a secondary school. That's very nice because um, Latifa always had a dream of opening a tuck shop. I mean, not a tuck shop necessarily. She, she's, she's always been interested in like food and beverages. And um, she... The business. And she wants 
thinking of something to transition out because she's she's currently teaching, right? Right. And she wants something to transition out of teaching. So so Nazri and Latifa also run a child. Um, what's it called? like an after school care kind of you program? Can, I mean, just just say that she she's probably a tutor from. She's home. a tutor. Okay. Yeah, from okay. Home, basically. Right. And and she told you every day that that was a dream until it became <laughs> your dream too. <laughs> yeah. no, not really. Uh, yeah. So so how did that come about? You just. Um. The. the the food stall? Yeah, the food stall. The food stall came about, like I said, she she was telling me that she was interested in it. And I said, okay, fine. If you want to start an F&B business. <laughs> okay, um, fine. Yeah. I mean, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In a, <laughs> what, what you meant was, in the yes, sweetheart, I would like, love to do this. <laughs> okay, and then, and then. Because, I mean, any any business is, is not going to be cheap to start off. And mm-hmm. particularly not an F&B, especially if you do not, do not have the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told her, like probably the lowest rung for you to get your feet wet would probably be like a food stall in a school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, so come up with the capital and right. serve some customers, see if you can take the heat. Yeah. You know, get quite literally as you take the literally. heat. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and also the pressure, take, you know, the hours. Yeah. So you have to wake up at what, 3 a.m.? Exactly. So yeah, she, she right. has to be at the school at 6.30 in the morning. I, I don't get it, man, how you guys juggle this and then you have a, your baby boy. Is, how, how old is Roshan now? He's, he's over two. He's under three right now. He'll okay. be three in August. And this is, if you, oh, man, if you guys ever get to meet this kid, uh, possibly one of the most amazing kids I've ever seen <laughs> um, because he's like two, but two. Um, I was I was walking with him. I was holding his hand, and then uh, I was I was uh, so as uh, I think Nazri, Latifa, Lilan, and I went for uh, for a meal. We went for ramen, and then uh, I was just holding hands with the son walking, and then I saw an excavator, and then um, I go, "Hey, Roshan, what what color is that?" And he's and I expect expected him to just say like red or orange, like any of those would have impressed me. And he goes, he said something like two red ex- excavators i was like <laughs> what and then he was pointing up at the moon as well and now says that he also knows how to say like crescent and yeah and all that yeah, yeah. so how do you guys do that you just keep keep chatting with him in yeah like i mean big we've, boy words we've always been speaking to him and mm-hmm. and um yeah we've always been been trying our best to, to make sure that we we use proper words and, and not baby talk to him at all right and it teaches him to communicate. For for us, it actually helps us helps us because the sooner he learns to communicate with us what he wants, mm-hmm. the easier it is for us to give him what he wants. That's true. If you learn to speak, if you learn to speak earlier, you can be more specific about your food order as well. Exactly. So I want noodle, exactly. but without this. Because okay. and he's and he soon realized that if he could tell us what he wants, yeah. he would probably get it because he's. He's a kid. His demands are not going to be astronomical. Yeah. He's, he's like, I want food. I want water. I want this. I want that. That's yeah. it. You know, or, or I want this toy from here. That's yeah. it. And it's not going to be huge. So he learned pretty quick that he can, you know, control us that way without having to cry all the time. Right, right. Now he's he's one of the coolest kids, man, if you get to meet him. And he's he's also very pretty. I think he's a, <laughs> he's a very, very child commercial worthy baby. But um, yes. Yeah, like talk, talking about like commercials and all that and, and acting, are you still doing that at the moment? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah, I'm still okay. on Kin on and off. Um, okay. I've done a few other um, acting gigs, a few advertisements. Right. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah, and and when you act, you only act in English, or do you do like Malay TV shows too? I've yet to do a Malay one. Though. How's your Malay, bro? It's terrible. <laughs> it really? Is horrendous. Your Malay is that bad? It is horrendous. Oh, it's better than mine. It, yeah. it, <laughs> the fact that you're comparing my Malay to yours <laughs> is a testimony to how bad it is. But but you guys, but at home, like, well, Latifa and you and Roshan all speak English at home. Yes. Yo, and your... I teach him a little bit of Mandarin. Oh, and your mom and dad? My parents um, only spoke to me in English ninety uh, percent of the time. Okay. Um, sometimes they'll speak to me in Malay. Okay. But most of it was English. So will Roshan then, like, when he goes to primary school, will he then do second language in Malay, or would he Mandarin. do Chinese? Oh, you want him to learn Mandarin? Definitely. Why? Why is that? Just because more people speak it? Um, there are a few practical reasons. Um. Mm. I feel, especially in our local context, it's mm -hmm. way more beneficial to learn Mandarin. Right. Um, majority of our population is Chinese. Mm -hmm. Lots of businesses require you to speak Chinese. Mm -hmm. And not only that, the other practical point too is it's easier for us to teach in Mandarin now and then Malay later. As, com right, as right, compared right, right, right. to teaching in Malay now and, and then try Mandarin to get later. Him. Yeah, that's right. Because Malay is Latinized. You can you right. recognize the alphabet. It's you can phonetic. Yeah, you can recognize phonetic. the sounds and yeah. things like that. Mandarin right. is nothing like that. You right. you can look a, at a word and have right. no idea what it sounds like. Yes, because Malay is um, phonetic, right? So I think uh, so. From my understanding of Chinese, because I did that in university, um, there are only two languages in the world um, that are done in the... I, I forgot the term for it. Um, it's uh, There are two types of languages, right? One is phonetic. So you basically, mm -hmm. you see alphabets, mm -hmm. you pronounce it, you make a sound, and that sound then means that thing, mm -hmm. right? K, A, and R, car, together becomes car, right? Yep. Whereas with Chinese, when you draw a picture of a car, it's literally a picture of a car, right? Mm -hmm. And the two, the two uh, forms of language that are in that way are hieroglyphics and Mandarin. Yes. Oh, sorry, hieroglyphics and Chinese. Uh, Chinese, but in, in Singapore, it's spoken... Uh, we we speak the dialect which is Mandarin. That's right. But yeah, but no, I, that's a really good point, man. I think like even even in Japanese, right? Like because kanji is is a lot more difficult because it's like like Mandarin or like Chinese, it's pictures. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to hiragana and katakana, it's also phonetic and it makes things easier. And I think Malay, if you know how to if you know how to read English alphabets, you can put together and actually make the sound of a Malay word. Yes. It's just that you probably don't know what yeah, it means. Yeah, you might not know what it means, but that's very easy to find out. Right. At least you can say the words. Right, right. I, I, want, I wonder, like, because um, your parents, like, if your parents wanted to speak to Roshan, they'd just speak to him in English, is it? Yes. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we were talking about, like, um, the, the stunt scene, right? What is your, how do I say this? What, do you think that Singapore TV shows or the Singaporean film scene will open up to more jobs for stuntmen? Like, are there already enough jobs for stuntmen? Is it something sustainable? For stuntmen locally right mm -hmm. now, I don't see how anyone could be like a full-time stuntman. It would be very, very tough. And... Unless you're Yang Kuang. I mean, that's, that's how tough it is, isn't yeah, it? If yeah. you can only name one person... Yeah. It just goes to show how difficult it is. That's right. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And yeah, and rumor is he wants to move on and he's, he's training new people who, who I know as well. They're my friends as well. Mm -hmm. But once again, like how, how big does that pool grow? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I once saw, so there's a famous 
stuntman in Singapore called Yang Kuang, and pretty much every media corp TV show uses him, right? Yep. I once saw this guy flip a car, bro, for Tang Lin. So, mm-hmm. so I was supposed to have like um like my my girlfriend or friend and I was supposed to be driving a car and it, and it flipped, mm-hmm. and so we obviously do the the piece of driving and then we get out of the car and then he then does the stunt scene and like i don't know if i've told you this story before but this guy basically he just takes in like a few bars right to strengthen the structure of the car of the top of the car what what makeshift roll bars uh yeah so they basically yeah he puts bars right that yeah, are like yeah. um if you guys can imagine like when you don't have like let's say you open your closet and you need to hang your clothes but you don't have a bar yeah you take like a, those rods and stuff that's right that you kind of like twist until yes. they fit he just gets a few of those he fits them into the car so that the car doesn't just collapse yep um, he then puts on a helmet, hops in the thing, uh, drives the car back, and then I'm like, is this guy for real? And oh, sorry, mind you, before that, he puts a wooden ramp. He puts a wooden ramp, he hides a wooden ramp behind a car, and he goes, okay. And then he stands up, he um, like prays to four directions, he gets in the car, mm-hmm. takes the car, he revs it like full speed, comes up, flips the car a few times, and then I'm like, the guy must be dead. <laughs> so he comes out. He, he comes out of the car. <clears throat> he pops open the car. And then he, he goes to the production team and goes, tape, I need tape. I need tape. And I'm going, why? Mm-hmm. Do, would, you, would you know why he needs tape? I was no like, you gotta, bro, you're going to fix the windows now. <laughs> what are you going to do? No so actually what, <clears throat> excuse me, what he did was he took the gaffer tape and he was taping it on himself because he was full of glass bits. Ah. Yeah. So then he was like kind of using gaffer tape to, to, to rip out all the... Yeah, and yeah this guy, man, he's mind-blowing. I, I, I could go on that's for like so a, ghetto. Yeah, for a whole episode, uh, uh, a whole podcast episode about this guy, Yang Kuang. Um, there were, I ever that's did so a ghetto. Chinese drama where I had to get hit by a car, right? Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> Me being me, I was like, yeah, pff, I'll do the stunt by myself. <laughs> so they they hooked, of course. yeah, they hooked me onto a cable and they said, okay, what what's gonna happen is you're gonna run, and then these guys, the stunt guys, gonna pull onto you, and then you're gonna fall into a mat, and then after that, we're gonna then drive the car in, and we're gonna match cut, right? We're gonna okay. put the, the footage together, sure. and I said, yep, okay, that sounds good. Let me give it a try. I did it a few times, and the director was like, no, it's completely rubbish, and then they're like, okay, get him out of the suit. And so they go, take off your clothes and give it to Yang Kuang. Let's go, okay. So mm-hmm. I take my clothes off, give it to Yang Kuang. He goes up to the guy in the van, tells him something in Cantonese. The guy backs the van up and he goes, okay, ready? They go, Action. He runs out on the street and the van hits him. Oh, in like, And not like any crazy speed, but it, there's no trick to it. It, the, it just literally whacks him. He falls to the floor and... Everyone on set thinks he's dead. Then he gets up, he dusts himself off, and he goes to the director like, oh, is that a good take? Director <laughs> goes, oh, no, I don't think that's good enough. Gets himself it, rammed by the van another like three times until he gets a shot. Wow. It's crazy, man. And that's then, that's, like, that, No, that's very, that's very Hong Kong. It's very, yeah, it's very Hong Kong style, right? Yes. I, in fact, I've... Oh, wait. No, I think I've told you this story before. I was like back in the day, right? This was many, many years ago um, when I first got into entertainment to make ends meet. I was an extra on a film set. Okay. So this film set was, um, it was a movie with um, Wang Li Hong and I believe it was Zhang Ziyi and it was shot in Singapore on the, on the roof of, not on the roof, on the top floor of MBS. Wow. Right? Where, the, where all the, the wooden bits are. So, um... I, I remember what happened was these guys came in with long hair. I was like, yeah, what the hell are these guys doing? These guys come in with long hair. They got a haircut, like the worst haircut, like a five-minute haircut. Mm-hmm. And then 
they just like pissed off. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't know what these guys do. Turns out these guys are stuntmen. Yeah. And the Hong Kong stunt teams, they recycle these guys by having them have long hair at the start of the shoot and just cut their hair and then make them play another role. Mm-hmm. Right? And I remember one of the really, really insane things about this guy was like, this guy had to do a scene. He was like choreographing a scene. And I was like, hey, these, these guys are just insane. Okay, wait, I have to prefix it with another thing. So there was a scene where um, Lee Holmes' character is supposed to pull on the carpet. And the carpet that the carpet slides under um, Zhang Ziyi's character. And this lady goes flying up in there and she hits her head on, 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 the, on the floor, right? Wow, okay. And so how they do it is they, they get a, a thick mat and they put it under the carpet. Okay. Then the carpet's layered on top. The carpet on the on the ends are then chained up to a huge rope. So while this character, like the the camera's filming the lady, and so when these two or three stunt guys like tug the carpet really really hard, it slips from under and that lady falls down. Mm-hmm. So then the stunt coordinator guy's like, no, no good, no good. Let's do it again. Okay. So then they do it again, and then they're like, look, this looks too fake. They take up the carpet, they take away the mats, and they lay the carpet back down, and they just tell the lady, the female stunt, the stunt woman, do it again. So she stands on there, she's in, I, I think she, I don't remember if she's in heels, I have a feeling she was in heels. They tug the rug, right, full speed, the carpet goes flying, she goes up in there, and her head makes this like, dunk, sound like a thud. Dunk. And I was like, what? I think everyone was shocked. She stands up. She's like rubbing her head in pain. Mm-hmm. The guy, the stunt coordinator looks at the morning and goes, mm, okay. Mm-hmm. And they move on. That's, that's very, like I said, that's very Hong Kong. It's so Hong Kong, man. It's but very Hong Kong. but the, the key point that I wanted to talk about here <laughs> was that this guy, he then walked off to the stunt coordinator, walked off to the side. He picked up his jacket and threw it on his back. And when he turned around, guess what it said on the back of that jacket? what jc stunt team yeah yeah surprised. and i was like whoa he knows jackie chan this is yeah. amazing yeah i'm not surprised so i mean stunt people are truly especially in hong kong expendable that's what yeah they're there for that's right it's that's like what they're there for. I, I even heard from the um older i think i i think i heard this from yang kong that back in the day like hong kong stuntmen um used to like really fight so they because because mm-hmm. people were fighting over the jobs right on mm-hmm. the phone for mm-hmm. the um in the film industry sorry so yeah. when they would have a gang fight they would go okay for example group number one from action horizons uh group number two number two from um nazarian friends so mm-hmm. then they would then face off and in the fight scene when they're fighting they're fighting for real <laughs> Oh my yeah. goodness! Would they actually do that? Yeah, because I guess because the the camera is rolling, you're technically screen fighting, <laughs> and it's just part of the job. But you get to beat up your your competitor and your opponent. That is so, so sick. Yeah, that so that's so I think sick. that's a, a but bit. Yeah, stuntman. I mean, way back then, also used to be legit martial artists, which is why Bruce Lee himself, his bodyguards were stuntmen. Huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And and you are a. I'd say a very avid um, martial arts nerd, geek, and fan. I guess. And practitioner at the same time. Yeah. Um, and you started off with um, ninja, I don't want to get it wrong, ninja do. That's right. Not ninjutsu. Ninjutsu no. and ninja do is two different things. Yeah. Are different two different things. things. Yeah. Ninjutsu it's, has its origins in Japan. Okay. Um, as you know. Yeah. Um, ninja do is pretty much an art which was, which was created in the 70s. Okay. And it was basically just the brainchild of, of, of someone who wanted to mix different elements of martial arts from different arts. Mm. So, oh, is that right? Is that what it was? Yes. So it's nothing to do with like smoke bombs and hiding no. and camouflage? No. 
It has nothing to do with any of that. Um, that's why if you if you were to watch our classes back then, mm-hmm. you would you would not be. Um, it would be very normal for you to think it was like a karate class or a, mm. a, a taekwondo class. Because Maxi does it too, right? Another actor friend of ours. Yep. Maxi does ninja do as well. Yep. He did it, it under a different school. Yeah. Right. But if I'm not wrong, in Singapore, ninja do was... It's, it's almost like MMA, right? I, or it's not? I guess, I guess you would say that as far as classical martial arts go, it's about as close to an MMA as you can get. Right. Because we had... We did have kicks. We did have punches. We did have... Um, grappling we like like standing grappling we didn't have okay. ground grappling we had standing grappling like we, wrist locks yeah we have, kind of we have wrist locks throws okay um i learned lots of break falls um, okay we have flying kicks we have yeah so sky's the limit right. and it, it was at a point where the, the i was surprised at how much depth um the art was offering in in those different sectors like for example mm-hmm. i was a specialist in kicking mm-hmm and there was a special a specific training regime for people who specialized in kicking like shin conditioning um kick, that's kick right you used to shin condition yes exactly you don't do it anymore because you're a father no, no i mean <laughs> yeah there's no need for it right? i'm not a fighter so i don't right. need to do it anymore you're a lover now <laughs> no, that's right yeah, I've bro, always loved it, to, yeah, to if, fight. <laughs> if you guys ever would look at, uh, get to see Nas kick, um, spinning hook kick and roundhouse kicks, they are very, <laughs> they're quite crazy. Yeah, they they, they yes. were, they were, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's still, like, can you still full split? I guess. You're close, you're Pain, close. Painfully. <laughs> right. I guess I could. I mean, I guess if you, if you gave me a week to train, I'll get it all back or right. something like that. But and, a, and, a week or two. Right and and but after doing oh during doing ninja uh, during your time doing ninja though you also did karate. Um yes. You did a bit of different. No, not not karate yet. You I did santa as well. I did santa as well. Okay, so the the chrono- um the chronology was I did ninja first. Mm-hmm. Um, I got this my, was what eight years old. Six I years was old. I started at eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have I would have loved to start it earlier, but my parents always thought that. If I started learning martial arts, I'll be like fighting with my brother. Yeah, which was not completely untrue because we were already <laughs> always fighting. So I, right. to me, it was like it makes no difference whether I learn martial now arts. Now you're beating or. up your brother with correct technique, <laughs> <laughs> more systematically. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, they, they held it off until I was eleven. My brother was nine, mm-hmm. and um, and then I found Ninjado. Okay. Um, we How, what was it like a com- like community center Ninjado? It was a community center. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, okay. But okay. a community center, which is okay. which is very is a, a walk away from my house right now. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we trained there for a while. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So um, started with that. Mm-hmm. Um, went went to secondary school, and my first year of secondary school there wasn't Usu yet, so I was in the National Cadet Corps NCC. Ah, yeah, that's very you. Yeah, bro, yeah. I wanted to speak about that. We'll talk about that, that one later. But <laughs> sure. okay, go on, go on. So I was in NCC, and in the second year, um, they introduced Usu because um, one of the students, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me, was actually a, an Usu champion. In, in, um, so he was a student okay. of, of our, our, my school, mm-hmm. and they started Usu. I got into Usu as well. Because I figured I loved all martial arts, yeah. not not just fighting, um, but also the aesthetic parts of it. Sorry to interrupt, but usu and uh, like santa falls under usu, or usu yes. and santa is like the kumite and kata of in a way, kung yeah. fu. 
Exactly. So usu that's why they call it usu santa. Ah. Yeah. Okay. So so kung kung fu is the the like umbrella the, like yeah. the the top, exactly. and then when you go down that kind of fork, <laughs> it then splits into santa, which is more like kumite, like fighting. Yep. And usu, which is like yes. kata performance. Yeah, the the aesthetics. Oh, of it. I see, I see, I see. Ah, the art form. I didn't know that. And then we- weapons is like another. Weapons is part of usu. It's part of usu. So yeah, usu. I get, it, I get it. Okay, so usu is like performance. Then under performance, you have the different weapons. Then yes. you have like a no weapons, that's and right. then you have the team demonstrations. Oh, that's very much yeah. like. So kata. I started. So I started with usu first, mm-hmm. and I did pretty good there. I I got a couple. I got a couple of gold medals. I think for for my forms. Okay. Um. For local tournaments, mm-hmm. and that's when they asked me if I wanted to try Santa, and I had no idea what what it was. Right. And but because they knew I had a black belt, by then I had a black belt um, in Jado, and they asked me if I want to try. It. Of course, I want to try it. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tried it. Sorry, Ninjado has belts. Ninjado has belts. Yes. Ninjado, you don't dress. Okay, sorry. But I, I'm not saying this <laughs> making fun of Ninjado. I'm like truly curious. You don't dress up like a ninja. No, you just wear like a karate gi. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Right, right, that's right. That's why. That's why I said like you. It's you, just you called. Would, ninja. You would think. Yeah, you would think that it's like a karate class. You don't wear like tabi. Like you don't wear those ninja shoes. No, I mean we wear it for demonstration, just for marketing. Okay. But like, <laughs> but in terms of class, we we just wear our karate gi. I mean we do have black gis. So oh, like, you do have black geese. We have black geese, right, but right. but no, that's for um certain level of black belts, right? And again, it varies across schools. Like Maxi's school, mm-hmm. they all used to wear black geese. In mm-hmm. my school, you could only wear a black gi if you're above a black belt. Do you know why I ask? Because you said when you got your black belt, I was thinking if you if you're like an orange belt or a purple belt, mm-hmm. and you are a ninja and you're wearing an orange <laughs> belt, <laughs> it's which really is, ruining your disguise, buddy. Why, yeah, we I, we were always told from the very beginning it has nothing to do with ninjas. With being a ninja, okay. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but then you ah, had, you had your black belt and then you were moving into Santa. Santa, and I did pretty good there. Um, mm-hmm. managed to make it into like the youth national team in a way. Huh. Started training like five nights a week. Um, wow. Yeah, I loved it. So. And then after that, my, the, the next art I started was um, Kyokushin Karate. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're in Kyokushin Karate for a while, yeah, right? Kyokushin Karate. And because mm-hmm. I, I used to live, by then I shifted to Pasiris, and they had a, a class in, in Pasiris. Mm-hmm. So I tried it out. Because I've, to be fair, the only reason I, I started Ninjado mm-hmm. was because I was actually looking for a karate school. Ah, okay? oh, I didn't know that. Because what happened was I, I was having, I had a Malay tutor. Because that's how bad my Malay was, and is. <laughs> well, like a Malay language tutor. Exactly. Oh, okay. So I had a I had a Malay tutor, and. Yeah, no, no, keep going. I had a Malay tutor, and um, one night I was just telling her I I wanna, for whatever reason I can't remember why. Tell her. Yeah, I I can't remember why the topic came up, but I did tell her I wanna learn karate, and then she's like, oh, my husband and I just drove past a Buddhist community center, and there was huh. there was ninjado. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like because at least that is close enough because for as far as I knew at that time the closest karate class I could find was really far away I mean karate I think very like back th- I mean this is we're talking about in the 90s right it was before like before internet yeah before internet before internet like yep. when you think martial arts you think karate or kung fu yes. right so you probably didn't know that that i mean no one knew what bjj was back then it was just Dude, it didn't even exist in singapore yeah if you if you talk about karate then then people know what it is so you're obviously looking for a, a martial art class yeah it was between um taekwondo or karate and between and in karate there were different schools of karate so mm-hmm. the one which um i was looking for was actually ashihara karate which is 
what my uncle actually introduced me to. Ah. Because my uncle... Ashihara is which one? Is it the Kyokushin? Is the full contact side, right? Yes, it's a branch from Kyokushin. Yeah, Kyokushin has yeah, but Ashihara, Ashihara has sabaki. So they have, they have more circular footwork and, and things right. like very, very practical, which to this day I still have not been able to learn. Okay. And... Yeah, so mm -hmm. that's how I got introduced to Ninjado. Okay. okay, so and then from then, so I did Kyokushin Karate. Yeah, and I think I, I had a hiatus for for a few years. I didn't train in many martial arts, mm -hmm. and then a friend, a, a mutual um, acquaintance, asked me if I wanted to try out sport karate. Ah, oh. which right, uh, which I My was sports committee. Yeah, so right. I, I was not I was not against it. Um, but he was pretty adamant that he wanted me to try it. Uh -huh. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll join your class and I'll, 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 I'll try it out. Mm -hmm. I, I went for his classes for like a month and he asked me to, to take part in a tournament in which, I mean, I knew the rules in general, um, yeah. you know, hold, uh, hold back the contact and stuff like yeah. that. And yeah. which I did, I pulled my, I pulled my kicks and punches and stuff like that, but my opponent still dropped Yeah, and I got disqualified. Yeah, I n never went back again. <laughs> right, and then, so this was but hey, oh, this was you in a sports karate sports kumite tournament yes. after that, and then after that you then went on to when when did was BJJ next or you were doing no, something else before that? Man, oh, man, okay, you did okay. every think, martial art under the I sun. I think I also uh, somewhere in between or after I also did silat in in polytechnic. Oh wow! I tried silat there. Yeah. Silat's interesting. Silat is a yeah. more is a, is a less known martial art, I would say. But I saw like it's gaining popularity though. It's yeah, the very scissors takedown was like. In fact, Bruce Lee knew about silat back in the Dude, day. I mean, which yeah. art? Which art didn't Bruce Lee know about? He didn't know Tai Bo. I'll tell he, you that. <laughs> for good reason. <laughs> he didn't know box. <laughs> what, what is tai Bo. But, well, what's the box? Ah, uh, piloxing. He didn't know piloxing. Oh goodness. Yeah, yeah. But okay, go on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not to bad mouth piloxing. It's cool, but. Just saying, yeah, Bruce Lee probably didn't know about piloxing. Right, anyway, go on. Um, yeah, so, so I, then, did, I did see that. Um, okay. Tried it for a bit. Um, after which... By the way, oh, sorry. Sorry to keep interrupting that. No, that's fine. Silat's kata, right? I don't know what yeah. it's called for yeah. silat, but it's like five minutes long or it's, it's so long, bro. They can be. Yeah. They can be. Gosh. Okay, anyway. Yes. Yeah, Silat actually has a lot in common with, with Kung Fu. People don't realize that. Is that right? And yeah. I know in Silat, before you fight, you have to do like a bit of a, I don't know if you call it a dance, but there's a... Yeah. In Malay, they call it the bunga. Uh, bunga, bunga, like it, it's called the flowers. Uh -huh. So it, it, that's their way of saying like that's the presentation. Before you fight. Yeah. Huh, that's interesting. Because, I mean, like, if you're looking at karate, right? Kata and kumite, or like, usu and santa. Like, you don't do a usu performance before you do santa, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, but it's interesting mm -hmm. that silat, yeah. you do the flowering before yeah, you do it. But it's the, not even really much of a performance, in a way. You just, you just move you just move in an elegant way, I guess. I, I guess it's say. almost like Muay Thai. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You do, and exactly. it kind of warms you up as well. That's right. Ah, that's hmm, right. Very flowery. Okay, and then after silat yeah. was... After silat, that is probably about the time when... I started um, trying out Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. Yeah, on and off. Yeah. With Muay Thai, but Muay Thai wasn't so alien to me because I did Santa, and we did f in in Santa we did fight people from Muay Thai. Yeah, I mean even at the gym I train, I see a lot of people. They're just crossovers. Like exactly. Santa season, join Santa. Kickboxing, join kickboxing. Exactly. Muay Thai, yeah. Exactly. They're very much. Um, they have a lot of similarities. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. And then and so after that was BJJ, but you were on you were with Evolve, right? 
I started off with Evolve. Yes. Okay. I did, but I just could not maintain it. I was f- for, for injury, for a whole host of reasons. I just could not keep it up. Right. Right, yeah. right, right. And and actually, um <laughs> back when I didn't know BJJ, Nazir he brought over like a DVD it's not a DVD, sorry, it was a it was a yeah, we can say this. It's a thumb drive of uh <laughs> of um Yeah, I just I was just showing you videos of course. Sorry, of, yes, yes, showing me videos of BJJ and uh it was the Gracie Combatives and that actually got me very interested in it. Yeah. And uh Naz kinda guided me through some of those things. So back then I didn't know anything about it and i learned the americana from there <laughs> and i learned uh kimura from there i learned like some triangles. the triangle the arm bar yeah um Mount, after which Mount escapes that's right and then after which i actually did start bjj for real um yeah. but anyway like um i i do know i mean we talked about this before that you had a period of your martial arts journey that you said that you were like in a way like depressed yes so can you share about that that sure i mean okay so what happened was, I was about, I want to say 14 or 15, and I was already deep in, in Santa. I was also training at uh, Ninjado, mm-hmm. and I was training five, six nights a week, all on my own accord. Martial arts for me was always something I always loved doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I always believed I could be the best. I always believed I was smarter than my opponent or I always felt like I would have an edge over any opponent. Mm-hmm. Like if he's bigger, maybe I'm faster or smarter right. or something. I always felt like there was a way for me to win. Mm-hmm. And one day when I was like about 15, I just woke up and this, for whatever reason, inexplicably, just did not want to do anything. I did not want to train. I did not want to go to school. I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to hang out. I just did not want to do I just stayed at home and played video games and it became a I mean obviously at 15 in Singapore it's quite a problem because you have you have your secondary three ex- examinations then soon you have your O-levels and stuff like that mm-hmm. and I just couldn't be bothered I just felt like everything was just pointless I didn't want to train I used to be the kind of person who I would I would actually get angry if I was late to class hmm if, if something made me late to class, I would mm-hmm. get very angry. Right. And Like you're very task-orientated. Not just that. I was just committed to training. Discipline. Mm-hmm. I was very... There was a point... I mean, I, I would, for example, like keep-ups, right? Yeah. I, I, I wanted to learn them so bad that when I was taught them, yeah. I would not eat any meal <laughs> unless I could do 10 of them in a row. Wow. Without failing. That means like if, you, if I tried one, and yeah. I tried the second one and I dropped. Oh, you're number I nine and you fall. You do it again. Do it again. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. start until you can do it. Ah, that's the spirit. That's how much I loved it and how mm-hmm. much I was obsessed with martial arts. But not, it's not like you lost the fight and you woke no, up no, no, upset. No, no, no. Nothing. Just woke up one day like Just this. one day I just... It, I can't point to anything significant. Like till this day you don't know why. I still have no idea why. Hmm. I still, and, and it still lingers to this day. Like in a way... There's still that weight of all that. And of course, because of the examinations and all that, I didn't do well, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. It all has an accumulative snowball effect. Mm-hmm. And so I, for many years, I just fell out of training. I want to say I fell out for like a good seven years from serious training. Huh. That's a long time. It's a long time, dude. I, 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 I didn't... I, it took a very long time for me to, to try and start to get my, my stuff together. But yeah. w- 
I mean, all aspects of your life were just very dull for that long. It was terrible. I mean, I had a lot of okay. I I I had a a phase of like a lot of personal development, okay. where I was into self help and things like that, hmm. which helped. Okay, which helped a lot. But it still didn't under uh, didn't, for example, like completely cure me, quote unquote, yeah. of yeah. of of that depression or or of of that. Mm-hmm. I I just didn't want to do anything. And did, did did you like ask for help? Did you tell your parents or did? Well, you... nobody knew it was depression. Ah, you just thought you nobody were lazy, knew. or yeah, they thought I was dull. just being rebellious, or they thought I was being lazy, or or something like. I mean, to be fair, there there were a couple of teachers who pulled me aside, and give give me the chat and and yeah. stuff like that, and it worked for a while because I did not want to disappoint them. I was not a bad student. I was, and I'm not. Hopefully not stupid. Yeah. Um, so you're definitely not, and you're a very disciplined person. Like I, okay. Yeah. Naz, of the many times I've met Naz, I don't believe you have been late once. <laughs> yeah. I, right. You're a very punctual maybe. person. You're a very regimental person. Maybe. Very. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I, I know you take things seriously, whether it be photography or chess or whatever. You take every yeah. Rubik's cube. <laughs> yeah. You take everything pretty serious. So. I mean, I yeah. focus. I focus. Yeah. I try to focus. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So. I I was not a bad student. Yeah. I was not like causing trouble for the stu- uh, for the teachers or anything. I just wouldn't show up. Like mm. when I showed up, like even in polytechnic, um, I I remember, I remember, um, I was I was dropping out and and the teachers the, the facilitators just could not believe it because they were like, your grades are excellent when you show up. Mm-hmm. Keyword being when you show up. Right. You know, right. and I just. I just couldn't find it within me to to even show, and it did not help that my my school was on the other side of the planet. Right. Like I I my house was in in Pasiris, and then my polytechnic was in the woodlands. Okay. Like deep in Pasiris, and then in woodlands. Right. So that did not help at all. But I mean, that, that's just an excuse, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just emotionally and mentally just could not give a crap about it mm. and and when did you then see the light at the end of the tunnel when did it feel like you felt the sun begin to rise again the next day like hey things things aren't that bad well to be fair i won't say that i feel like i'm even out of it 100 percent yet because it's it's something which i mean if you live with it for like seven years eight years ten years it's it's gonna be a part of you Hmm. You know, it's gonna be a part of you. It's 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 kill a bit of your fire, hmm. and but okay, I would say that. For example, when you had your 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 fight, your tournament, your community tournament, right? When I watch, when I'm live at a fight, hmm. any martial arts event, I get excited. Right. I get very excited. I'm like, oh, I want to do it again. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But that's in the moment. The fire is still there. It's, yeah, the spark is still there, hmm. and I still love it. Um, so it's not completely gone. Right. I right. would say it's just that now at this stage in life, you have a lot more things to do rather than just train martial arts <laughs> yeah. and, and, and study. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to make a living. You have, you know, bills mm-hmm. to pay stuff like that. Yeah. You have a kid to raise. Yeah. So what I do nowadays is basically just train around my son, train around Roshan and hope he picks it up. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's cool, man. Yeah, I, I realize even when we roll, I think you have quite a drive, and you yeah. have this natural want to, 
I won't even say I want to win. A win, uh, I want to not lose. You're yeah. very adamant in not losing, right? Mm-hmm. So this fire of like yeah. wanting to continue and and, and and solve the problem and solve the problem yeah, I, yeah maybe that's the thing you know you always talk about yeah. how you like chess you know you like yeah. puzzles oh by the way we're like big escape room people uh <laughs> naz sean aaron and i are always going i mean this. i'm not crazy about it you guys are crazy uh, about well, it but I, i'll, I I'll like tag along <laughs> Yeah, and but, but when we're actually in there, Nas is like, no, check out this piece of information. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. Yeah, in the um, moment, when you get me yeah. there. I, if I'm there, I want to do it well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Speaking of like, you know, being being very like, doing things right, being on time and all this, you know, like, and even this bag that's sitting on the table right now that belongs to you, I don't know if you call this a fanny pack or, or like a, but it's a, it's a very it's, ar- it's army just, type of pouch. It's just a pouch, yeah. Yes, and you're always like, everywhere I see you, you're dressed like you're part of a special <laughs> operations That's uh, That's unit. actually nothing to do with looking mil-spec or anything like that. It's, it's simply, just practical. It's just practical. That's what they all say. That's what all no, the military it just happen- guys. Because it's true. Yeah, it's because true. it just so happens that, that ma- the, t- the materials it's made with and, and the construction makes it long-lasting. And because I do so many sports and, right. and I barely go to like any formal events, right. it doesn't make any sense for me to get anything else. Yeah, so it, interestingly, like you were in NCC as well, right? Yeah. And you were uh, I was in a, NS... I was a Boy Scout before that. Bo- okay, and in NS you were a cop as well. And yes. I always ask you, like, why do you not, like, sign on? Like, why do you not do army or police? Mm-hmm. And interestingly, you said you tried and you just kept being rejected. No, I did not keep being rejected. I got rejected once. Oh, you got rejected once. Sorry, sorry. My bad. In the first place, for me to even attempt to sign on was was quite an ordeal because, number one, I love... No, wait, you tried army too, though. No, I did not. Oh, you didn't try army. No, oh, I just tried to sign on police. Yeah, just police force. Ah. What happened was... I got in the police force. I went into frontline policing. And I I always loved policing. I loved the work. Mm-hmm. I love I love how it's meaningful work and I love that it made use of my skill sets and I mean, my my martial arts, mm-hmm. my sense of service, sense of community and things like that. Mm-hmm. Always loved it. What I hated about it was its lifestyle of shift work and mm. and unpredictable hours away from like days away from family and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that's tricky. Yeah. And which which was very unhealthy. Um, you could never like keep a schedule. If let's say my, for example, if I had to teach a, um, a martial arts class yes. every week, I would not be able to do that because I would al- always be away half the time. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And, 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 and you don't have a set schedule. It's just one of those jobs, right? You're on exactly, call. You have to... Exactly. Right, so, right. yeah, nothing to disparage the, the job itself. I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's just that for me personally, I just, I just found that a huge barrier to why I would want to sign on. Mm-hmm. But, I had a great team over there. I had great colleagues even outside of my team mm-hmm. who, who I liked and who liked me. And they, they all told me, try and sign on. In fact, um, my commanding officer of my NPC actually told me, if you, if you sign on, I'll back you. Yeah. It got, to the, it, got to the point, yeah, it got to the point where they literally already like theoretically had a spot for me. Mm-hmm. Like they, they told me like, okay, if you sign on, this is where you're coming. Mm-hmm. They technically already had a placeholder for me. Right, right. I went for the interview, and as luck would have it, one of the interviews actually knew one of um, my team leaders, mm-hmm. and they conveyed the information that I did great for the interview. Mm-hmm. Okay, everything looks smooth, mm-hmm. but somehow the internal system just rejected me, hmm. the backend system. And for me, because it took a lot of convincing for me to even try it, when they rejected me, I was like... 
I'm not trying again. Yeah. I'm not doing it again because it mm-hmm. it took a lot of emotional and mental effort to even like okay fine you know what I'll give it a go. Yeah. And if and with everyone backing me and me not making it I'm like okay I'll take it as this is it I'm not doing it. Hmm. Well, fair enough. I mean, after after not getting that, you then went on to acting, doing stunts, and then you're with USS, and you still I, get to do martial arts. And I all also that. got rejected from um, Singapore Airlines. Oh, that's right. Because uh, your parents, uh, wait, your brother or your parents? No, your parents are stewards, right? And stewards. Um, my parents, that's how they met. That's how they met. Okay. That's how they okay. met. But and, and, and my brother sh- is now currently. Is that right? He flies for SQ, huh? Yeah. Ah, okay. That, that's interesting. Yeah, but look at all the great stuff that came out of not being accepted into these places. Exactly, I got I got rejected because of my height. I actually made it through the interviews. Yeah, and you're, how tall are you? One six. One six three. One six three. You're my. You're the same height as my brother. Yeah, two right, centimeters right. too short for them. Ah, damn it! Which was so annoying for me. That, that's the same thing with my brother. He also wanted to to be with SQ, but yeah. uh, he wasn't tall enough. So I think I don't know if he got rejected or he didn't even bother trying. But I remember him um um being a bit upset that he wasn't yeah, tall enough. Yeah, I, I was I was so bitter about that because <laughs> because I always loved I loved traveling. Yeah, I still do love traveling. Um, photography. Yeah, and martial arts. Martial arts. Uh, in the martial arts sense, traveling overseas will allow me to train with different gyms and things yeah. like that. And and because it's a language. And, and on own. top of that, the work itself, I'm I'm good with because I like service and and um, I can take the pressure from the I mean training in the police force mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all that. So I felt like I was perfect for the job. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that I was raised in the cabin crew family. Like my yeah. both my parents were cabin crew. Um, in fact, when I when I applied for a gig, my, my dad was still flying at that point in time. Right. And so I knew exactly what to expect in terms of the lifestyle in that sense. In in your household, do they ask you if you want the chicken or the beef? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. I well, had to. every mother does. <laughs> right. Anyway, bro, um, that's that's over an hour. I'm I'm super wow. proud of. Um, I, I mean, after you telling me all these things, um, and all these different junctures and 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 different um hurdles in your life, um, you still come away being this impressive with wife and kid and having a life together and still spending the time to come down and and chat with me though you're busy. So I really appreciate that, brother. Um, let's let's roll. Yeah. Someday, um, after after all these restrictions are out, let's let's train together, bro. Yeah, such a joy having you on. Next time you come on, let's chat photography or something oh, wow. else like that. Awesome, sounds good. Thank Thanks you, brother. Thank you, thank you. Catch it. Bye-bye. Bye bye.